Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy, and with me, as always, uh, Michael. It's Christmas time. Yeah, it is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My least favorite time of the year. Yeah, well, I think this comes out technically the day after Christmas. Technically. It'll probably drop on Christmas Day. Gotcha. So we'll kind of theme up this episode, the third annual Christmas Spectacular, which kind of becomes a little less spectacular every year. (laughs) Yeah, weren't there like multiple guests last year? (laughs) Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. Well, last year, Host Emeritus was on, Mm -hmm. and then the year before that, we had six people. Jesus. Wasn't there one that you did, like, Christmas beers with a, uh, like, a family members? Oh, yeah, and we did that one, too. I think that was the last episode I listened to. That was the one, yes, that's the one you were probably thinking of. Yeah. And you're technically more right, that was actually the true Christmas episode. That's right. But before we get into the Yule Log... (laughs) (laughs) And by Yule Log, Michael, do you mean the beer for this evening? <laughs> well, you'll see. Uh-huh. Jeremy, hit me with some beer brags just to get us started. So, Michael, uh, last night, uh, counsel of the show and friend of the show, Steve as w- and myself, went to a basketball game here in town. And uh, beforehand, we went to a new restaurant slash brewery down the hill from Carver Hawkeye Arena called Guild Worst Tavern. Oh, okay. Uh, as in sausages. Oh, worst. That, that, okay. that kind of worst, yeah. It used to be like a muffler shop, I believe, but they kind of transformed the wow. inside into a a small tavern slash eatery. Did they keep the garage doors? Yeah, there's those are definitely still there. I imagine awesome. that's got to be expensive to put in new like cement walls and everything. <laughs> but uh, to take care of that, they just put like those outdoor heaters, but inside. It, oh. it worked out pretty well. I was comfortable the whole evening, but... And then in the summer, you just whip those babies open. That's right. But uh, the sausages are ground and pressed, packed. I don't uh, be tubed. I don't know what the word is, <laughs> but uh, it's delicious, delicious sausage in German food. And uh, the beer is actually pretty good too. Uh, before I get into what I had, Michael, they have only their own beer on tap. There is no guest tap. Uh, there oh, is. Okay. It's just them, and they had I. Th- think seven beers wow um and between the three of us and a flight i got through all seven at least Mm -hmm. taste but i had the zero day ipa their beers are heavy hitters i think most of them clock in at above six okay with uh the the highest clocking in at nine and a half but the the zero day ipa and this is from boot and flute brewery technically is what they're called that's what the brewery is called uh the color text are they on site they are on site. They're in the back okay. of the old shop. I gotcha. Okay. On the Appalachian Trail, a day without hiking any miles was known as a zero day. This strongly hopped ale is paired with a robust maltiness to inspire the zero day within all of us. I'd be lying if I understood that, but <laughs> it's it was very it was a very solid beer, especially for you know one of the first beers that they'd put out. Very hoppy, terribly heavy because it was an eight percent one, but it was the mm-hmm. good kind of heavy. Um, I really enjoyed it and. You know, everything else they had was very good, too. I had a little bit of difficulty telling the difference between the two Belgians that they had, but they mm-hmm. were both good, so, I mean, okay. I guess I'll just have to go back. And, uh... Yeah. Apparently, they sell beer in up to half-gallon uh, servings. Oh, like there? At yes. At the bar? Yes. 
I was going to say, I thought you were going to say growler. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you can do that too, but <laughs> yeah, but no, you can yeah, buy a, a growler sized mug. I don't know what it's technically like, but apparently they can only sell that to if there are two or more people drinking out of it. Wow. Because I was, I didn't notice it on the back of the beer menu. There was the different sizes ranging, you know, 12, 16, 20 mug, gallon, what, you know, whatever, like five or six different sizes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was once I saw that I was pretty staggered that they sold a nine and a half percent beer in half gallon servings, and That's, thankfully the server yeah. filled us in on that, and it's slightly less reckless than I thought it was. But it's, it's very good if you're in t- next time you're in town, we're going there. Yeah, that I sounds great. Don't know if there's any food you could eat there. Like I think even the <laughs> onion rings technically have like some duck in them or something. <laughs> oh yeah, but, duck uh, fat or something like that. Well, no, just like. Beaks or so I don't know. I didn't have <laughs> beaks. Any. Oh god. Um, but There's the show image. Yeah. <laughs> In beaked onion rings, be beaked. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's great. The food ten stars. The beer four stars. Jeremy, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Maybe it's too early to tell, but we all remember Brew Lab. Yeah. With fond memories. Yeah. How does this stack up? Um. To what we so dearly miss. I think it's more solid and reliable, and it was pretty full for most of the evening after we we got there about six o'clock and it was there was not an open seat in the house for most of the evening. They've been around for a while a couple months. I'm not exactly sure when they opened, but the food rips the food is delicious <laughs> it's so good, so at the very least, I hope it sticks around for that. It's got more of a personality than brew lab had. okay, I hate to speak ill of the dead. Right. That's not true. I do it all the time. But uh, but uh, the Brew Lab, for all of its unique atmosphere, did not exactly have uh, personality to it. Charisma. Yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But I, uh, I hope Guild sticks around because it's delicious. Michael, what about you? Well, Jeremy, I have a pretty unique beer that I think you can only probably get in the country of origin was imported interesting by hand i don't know i don't know how do you say that but by an individual smuggled <laughs> i think that's what you mean michael is this, was it smuggled into the country did it go through customs well i think it was under the customs limit but are you I sure can't prove that <laughs> okay okay that's right so jeremy 20 questions this what country does this beer come from 20 yes or no questions as the name implies fire at will uh is it in europe um yes is it in a country that could be considered eurasia if you were looking at a risk map no okay is this country known for its beer output no okay that's three questions right yes okay i'm trying to keep track of this but it's difficult because i only have 10 fingers (laughs) Despite, you know, that not being an issue yet. Okay, it's not known for its beer. It's in it's in Europe, but not Eurasia. Okay, I'm, I'm going to run this around in my head. So it's probably not Turkey or Ukraine, or is it a coastal country? Does it... Bo- okay, revision. Does it border water? Yes. Okay. Your hesitation makes me think it's an island. Is this island, if I'm correct, known for being green? 
remember, Michael, Greenland is icy, Iceland <laughs> is green. Yes. Is it Iceland? It is Iceland. Woo! It's Iceland, eh? So this is Snorri number 10. Uh, uh, now, before you continue... Mm-hmm. In those first five or so Harry Hooley books, isn't there a bad guy named Snorri? Oh, God. Like, snore with two R's? <laughs> yeah, this has two R's. Okay. I think there was. Um, Anyways, continue. So, Snorri is made from Icelandic barley and Arctic thyme in honor of Snorri... thyme? Yes. Like T-H? T-H-Y-M-E, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. Just making sure. <laughs> that Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. In honor of Snorri... Durlusen, chieftain at Borg, the estate that our brewery is named after. Um, mm. <laughs> which I kind of get what they're talking about. Um, it is from Borg Brewing or something like that. Borg Brughaus. I think that means brew house. <laughs> Might have to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, ingredients are pure Icelandic water, malted Icelandic barley, hops, Arctic thyme, <laughs> and yeast. They didn't say anything about the Icelandic hops there. Did they? <laughs> no, they didn't. Maybe they have to import that. Um, and, and we're using Cascade hops, grow them in the Yakima Valley. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it was good. It was like a real clean tasting beer. I, I'm not sure if it's a lager, I, but it's like that lager kind of style, mm-hmm. real crisp. Fizzy, clean. crisp. Yep. And then All at right. the end, it had this little herbal note, which I assume is the thyme, or maybe it's the hops. But um, yeah, it had a little tweak at the end so it was a interesting beer for sure mm-hmm. so i'll put iceland on my big board with this one i'm jealous michael snorri number 10 snorri continue on <laughs> so we have to you know we're two curmudgeons who don't like the major aspects of christmas i guess you could say so i'm gonna go ahead and uh, cut you off michael i'm assuming you're trying the word you're looking for is you get called a Grinch, don't you? <laughs> a Scrooge? A Scrooge, a Grinch. I get hate tank every now and then. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what they call you on Reddit. That's too That's too far, Michael. <laughs> that's too much, man. You know, I think we like maybe the um, some of the subtext of the holiday, like friends, mm-hmm. family, food. Roast bird. Yep. Hams. Ham, delicious, delicious ham. What's the what's the Christmas meat? Is I it think like it's beef? goose and ham. Or is it anything? A fine fatted goose. We're having turkey. We're having turkey breast yeah. because I can and I like turkey breast. <laughs> but maybe we dislike some of the more negative or the more <laughs> external aspects of Christmas. Oh no, you can say negative. I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Freudian slip. But much like the Christmas goose, I'm going to open up our gullet and cram Jesus down Christ. some <laughs> external <laughs> Christmas cheer into this podcast, whether we like it or not. Take that, liver. <laughs> yeah, mm. get nice and fatty. So I found a Christmas songs quiz on this website, christmassongs.net slash trivia slash greatest hits. Way, way to cite things, Michael. <laughs> I just love these URLs. Yeah, they claim they're like the number one source of Christmas songs. Trivia. Mm-hmm. Looks like it was a page that was made, I don't know, in 2011 or something I was hoping like you were going to tell me it was like a GeoCities or something along those lines. It's not quite that bad, but it's, um, yeah. 
It's like when people still made websites instead of making like a Tumblr or or a WordPress or something. Yeah, right, right. So here is the quiz. And so it's multiple choice. The answers are we have to do all 10, then we get our report back. Okay. Again, like GeoCities. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. First one. And if we know the answer, just say it. Don't wait for the multiple choice. Okay. In 1953, this Christmas song was Eartha Kitt's biggest hit of her career. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Is it Blue Christmas, Mr. Grinch, Santa Baby, Here Comes Santa Claus? It's not Mr. Grinch, I'm assuming, because Boris Karloff sang that. Uh, well, and Blue Christmas, isn't that Elvis? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And um, here, here Comes Santa Claus is some dude, so it has to be Santa Baby, right? Santa Baby is disturbing when you actually listen to it. Um, but it was, oh, God, yeah. It's one of those things that uh, a, a female could be roped into doing in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, Eartha Kitt was the original Catwoman on the TV show, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Did she have a music career? I, I mean, apparently she this did. This is 1953. Holy, sh- okay. Santa Baby? That's my guess. Okay. Locked in. Okay. Number two. In 1942, Bing Crosby and Ken, the Ken Darby Singers, along with John Scott Trotter's <laughs> orchestra, sang this Irving rocks. Berlin song in the movie Holiday Inn. What is the name of this song? Oh, I so Holiday Inn actually came up a lot on one of the seasons of You Must Remember This. I think okay. it was the one based on what Hollywood did during World War II. Uh, that said, I'm going to need some choices, Michael. Yeah. I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, Christmas tree. Let it snow. White Christmas. So I don't think it's any either of the snow-related ones because the Holiday Inn, if memory serves, was in California. Once again, I don't know. Okay. I'm going, you know, by assumptions. Um, you mentioned World War II, right? Yes. I believe that's so roughly be, I'll the be time. home for Christmas? I think that's fair. And that also sounds like okay. something Bing Crosby would have done. <laughs> yes. And Oh, Christmas Tree is like an old German song. So. Oh, Tannenbaum. Yes. Yes. In 1946, Nat King Cole recorded a hit song about chestnuts roasting an open fire. Over an open fire. Uh-huh. What was the name of this song? I'm going to do the multiple choice because it makes it a slam dunk. Yeah. You know it. Oh. Little Drummer Boy. No. All I Want for Christmas is You. No. The Christmas song, no. Silent Night. Wait, what? Hold on. Jack Cross nipping at your toes. But, so it's not Little Drummer Boy. No. It's, it's not All I Want for Christmas is You. No. It's not Silent Night. So What's it must it? be called The Christmas Song. I think that's probably right, but it sounds weird. It does sound weird. Okay. But uh, it's definitely not the others. No. <laughs> Christopher Lee once oh sang a uh, little drummer boy, if memory reser- rem- remembers. <laughs> Continue. In 1947, Gene Autry recorded a song <laughs> which he told listeners that, hang your stockings and say your prayers because Santa Claus comes tonight. Holy shit. <laughs> what is the name of the song? It sounds like a horror Is, is this movie. King Diamond's No Presents for Christmas? Because I <laughs> wish it was because that's awesome. <laughs> First Noel, Here Comes Santa Claus, Joy to the World, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. It has to be Here Comes Santa Claus, because none of the other songs mention Santa Claus. Okay. 
Noel's about Jesus. Joy to the World's about the world. Isn't that also about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. They have the word Lord in that song. You're right. Um, and We Wish You a Merry Christmas is asinine. I mean, so, technically yeah. about Jesus as well. Well, it's all technically about Jesus. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we going with? Uh, here comes Santa Claus. Yeah, let's do that. Jimmy Boyd was 12 years old in 1952 when he recorded a hit with a song about something that happened under the mistletoe. Is this I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus? Yep, we're going with that. Otherwise, it's going to get real weird. This song recorded <laughs> by Vince Monroe in 1945 opens with the line, Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. What is the name of the song? <laughs> let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yep, yep, yep. It just shows how like old these songs are, which isn't bad in and of itself, but it's, you know. Unpopular opinion. They all kind of suck. <laughs> I thought you said unpopular opinion, but you said unpopular opinion. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get a protest from me. I was, uh, so at uh, my work, I the bus drops me off a little early. And when we had our Christmas party, my manager had managed to hook up our intercom system to her uh, iPod and was playing Christmas music. So it was like walking through some weird, like, Paul Thomas Anderson movie where they're just blasting <laughs> Christmas music wherever you go. And I was only there for about 15 minutes before we actually started working and i thought i was going to become homicidal <laughs> i don't know how people listen to that stuff well it's worse if you like i never really was in this position but if you're like in retail and you're stuck yeah the, I, I had that as well when i was uh, a young man yeah. in 1949 gene autry recorded a song about a famous reindeer okay <laughs> <laughs> Dancer. Um, one of the choices is Rudolph the Blue-Eyed Reindeer. <laughs> um, I'll not make a joke about that. Um, <laughs> in 1953, old Bing... What was Bing's nickname? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Didn't Bing Crosby have a nickname? I, like I don't old, know. Old Blue Eyes? No, that was Sinatra. <laughs> so that's, yeah, okay. Uh, Bing Crosby had a hu- huge hit with the song originally called Still Knocked, Helge Knocks. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Wait, hold on. It's <laughs> yeah, Silent it Night. Yeah, right? Stille Nacht. Yes. Was Hilge Nacht. Oh, Holy Night. Okay, never mind. They just put both mm-hmm. those words in their title. In 1946, the Andrews Sisters and Guy Lombardo and his Canadian Royal, his Royal Canadian Orchestra released a song in which they asked listeners if they would like to spend Christmas in this special location. What is the name of this special place? Oh, boy. Choices? Yeah. Are yeah. Christmas Island, North Pole, Hawaii, and New York. <laughs> well done, Michael. Um, I believe it's Hawaii. Uh, that sounds, I mean, right? Like Mele Kalikimaka is the thing to say. Yes. That has to be it. All right. In 1948, the song was released by Spike Jones. Not that Spike Jones. Oh. Did I say there? 1948? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the City Slickers. <laughs> Not that Billy Crystal. <laughs> I really don't think it's that Spike Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it Jingle Bells, White Christmas, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, or Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? <laughs> I don't know. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer seems a little too uh, harsh for the 40s. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go My Two Front Teeth. Sure. What the heck? All right. All right. I'm done. Show me the answers. The following answers were incorrect. None. Question two and question nine. Weak. So, 
Eartha Kitt's hit was Santa Baby. That was correct. The Bing Crosby song in Holiday Inn was White Christmas. Ah, uh, I've failed you, Michael. Yeah. I'll go flog myself later. <laughs> yeah, that's a big crooning one, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Chestnuts Roasting Over an Open Fire is the Christmas song. All right. Hang Your Stockings and Say Your Prayers, because <laughs> Santa Comes Tonight is Here Comes Santa Claus. The Mistletoe one, that was I Saw My Week Seen Santa uh-huh. Claus. Uh, weather Outside is Frightful, Let It Snow. Song about the reindeer is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Stille Night, Lalgnacht. Night. His Silent Night. Uh, we got the Hawaii one wrong. Um, that was actually Christmas Island. I don't know if I've ever heard that song. I Me mean neither. And yeah, we got All I Want for Christmas with My Two Front Teeth by Spike Jones and Billy Crystal. <laughs> 80%. By that guy who had who was the fourth king in Three Kings? <laughs> the Mark Wahlberg movie? That movie's great. I, I actually saw that. It's awesome. I saw it when I was way too young to be seeing R-rated. <laughs> well, okay. I had been seeing R-rated movies in theaters, but technically I was too young to do so. It was, it was a different time. Whenever I see that, think of that movie, I think of that scene where he, like his lung, he has like a pneumothorax and he has that little needle valve. The, the internal bleeding scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, pretty gross. It goes, uh-huh. like he has to, yeah. And if I recall correctly, they have like a CSI inside his body when yeah. he flips. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> that's what that movie reminds me of. Um, well, not too bad. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, leave it at that. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> one more segment before we get to the beer, Jeremy. All right. Actually, this one might be a little more interest because it's about history. Ah, good. It's about the toys that are historically hardest to buy before the holidays. This is from PopSugar.com. So I'll give you the year and the toy, and then we'll riff on it. Did you have the toy? Did you want the toy? Etc. Starting back with 1983, Cabbage Patch Kids. No, I didn't have one of those, Michael, and nor did I want one. It was slightly before my time, but I yeah. can account for those things being everywhere in the 80s. Yes, my sister had one, I think, because we had this cassette tape that had a little song on it <laughs> that I think about when I hear it. Mm-hmm. 1984, Transformers. No, I did have a few of those. I had one Transformer, and I didn't know it was a Transformer until like a decade later. I didn't realize that that's what it was. Okay. Um, it was a Porsche that turned into a robot. <laughs> Mine was a dump truck that turned into a jet, I think. Any interest in the modern day Transformer movies, Jeremy? God, no. Okay. That's what I thought. No, there Just had a check. I see bits and pieces of them every now and then on TV, and I'm reminded mm-hmm. of how friggin' horrible they are. It's, it's real bad. 1985 to 1986, Teddy Ruxpin. I think I did have one of these things, and I think I broke the tape player. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, could you put in any tape and would he mouth along to it? I don't know if he would mouth along to it. But you could put in any tape. And I think you could. So you could have him, like, blaring Megadeth. I wish. <laughs> 1988, although I believe it was released earlier, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Unfortunately, I did not have a, uh, an OG one. I had to... Uh... You had a top-loading one? No, I didn't have any of them. I only oh. I only got a con. I had an Atari back in the day. Oh, so you you didn't have like a net an NES a NES? No, but I did go jump in with the uh, the Super NES, and I also uh, okay. played a lot on uh, other people's. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I never had one when I was young, but uh, I got one later in life and still have it somewhere. <laughs> you should play it. <laughs> I love Mario 3, so 1989 Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Now, that one, okay, I take it back. That was the first one I had. Okay. I played the bejesus out of the Game Boy. <laughs> We, I did not have one, but I would borrow, when we went on family car trips, mm-hmm. I would get one from a friend who would lend it to me for like a week, and mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, what is it, Mario and the Six Golden Coins. I had that there, one. There's yeah. some more words in there. That was Mario 2. Super Mario Land, I believe, was the game yeah. one. That's it. Link's Awakening. Had that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I played was Kirby's Dream Land. I had that one as well, Michael. Oh. Great minds think alike. Those dot matrix graphics. I, rem- I remember them fondly. Yeah, and you could like crank it up on the side and make it really dark. Yeah, you could. Depending on how sunny it was. Uh huh. Was good times. Ah, Game Boy. I miss it. 1989. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw it in the theater. Did you have the toys though? Oh God, yes. Yeah, same here. Uh, uh, have we ever discussed this, Jeremy? Favorite turtle? Uh, I think we did, but oddly enough, I'm getting flashbacks. I feel like I went with Donatello because I liked the staff, the bow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Donatello is my uh, fave. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> That's the nerd choice. Of course. What fits this podcast, then? Angry jerk choice is Raphael. <laughs> the, he- the Hesher was Michelangelo. And the uh, the alpha male. It's clearly Leonardo. <laughs> they should uh, that should be like a Rorschach test in um, psychology. Pick your favorite turtle, and then they can diagnose you with uh, your personality disorder. 1992, Barney. Ugh, it was disturbing. Yeah. I didn't like it. The way his mouth moved, or lack thereof. I mean, it was it was great in like when they put like black metal behind it on YouTube or something like. That. <laughs> And it's like, and they speed up the kids so they're running around and thrashing about. But uh, yeah, it was disturbing. I didn't like it. Same with Teletubbies, which I assume is coming up at some point. Could be. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know if you know what I'm going to be talking about. I'm not going to say the toy. I'm going to say a little memory about the toy. Hi, kids. We're home early. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Something that they should really call the cops on? Uh... <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I'm blanking. It's the talk boy from Home Alone. Oh, oh. Yeah, that that was in the commercial. That's right. Uh, yes. I, I <laughs> Jeremy has dialed uh, nine one on his phone. Yeah, you say when, and I'm dialing one. Um. <laughs> uh, I I did not have one, but a friend of mine did, and uh, I remember him recording a lot of uh, incredibly immature. Rhymes oh, about Lorena Bobbitt being put on that thing. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you off the air. 1993. Um, That's yeah. Home Alone 2, right? Yeah. And I think, I might be mistaken, but I heard somewhere that it was featured as a prop in the movie, and then it was made into a toy after that. I buy that 100%. 1994, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Now, I... No, I did not get into it, and my brother would when because so they this is back when they still showed cartoons and like children's programming on Saturday mornings, and I mm-hmm. distinctly remember one moment in the lead up to this, and it was me telling my brother who was super excited for it, and he's you know three years younger than me, he was super excited for it, and I told him there's this show's not gonna last for three weeks, 
and here we are. <laughs> uh, what, 25 years, 24, 25 years later, and it's still going strong? Movies? Yeah. There's a, a feature film came out about that, like, within the past year. Yes, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I did not like them because I think at that time I was still, like, into Turtles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, I've been nine, so probably. And uh, I didn't like them because they were edging in on their turf. As they kind of were violent action heroes go for kids. Yeah, where's RoboCop when you need him? <laughs> uh, nineteen ninety-five, Beanie Babies. Nope. Now we're we're. I think this is about when I started reading uh, like Stephen King novels, and uh, <laughs> probably got a Super Nintendo around this time. So it's just yeah. like, oh hey, they have all five Mario games on one cartridge. That'd be Super Mario yeah. All Stars for the All Stars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really do a whole lot of anything else is, besides we're that. We're exiting our like true childhood here. Now. Childhood is gone, Michael. Um, Tickle Me Elmo in 1996. Nope. This was like the first. I remember this being like a huge thing, though. I I do this. I remember this being like the first thing you saw on TV where people were being like seriously injured in an attempt yes, to get one of the things. Yeah. I remember seeing some on the shelf at Toys R Us and there was like I don't know like five of them there then I just activated them all and the whole <laughs> started to like make noise and vibrate and Elmo's flying everywhere Linda come here there's a small boy tickling all the Elmo's <laughs> I'm assuming you're small uh yeah like me 1997 Tamagotchi Nope. This seems like something that you would have gotten Michael I played with one but I never had one I remember I think one of my cousins had one, maybe, and I played with it for a day. It was always pointless. Uh, yeah, it was too, um, I don't know, self-contained. Moving on. 1998. Furby. No. A friend of mine did have one of those, too, and it was disturbing. More yeah. Like, more like disturby. <laughs> friend of the show, Steve, had one. That does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was his, but it was in his house. Oh, and, I'm, um, I'm sure it was his. I, yeah. in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's down in his basement, gathering <laughs> dust to uh, his uh, Pokemon-esque collection of barrel-aged stouts and uh, homebrew. Steve, do you have the Furby? We want it on the show. Do but we? Yeah, it was disturbing. I'll let's see what it says. All right. Well. Okay. It can be. It can be the uh, special guest. We just feed it beer. Oh yeah, let's try it. It'll be like that Simpsons where Lisa makes a spelling robot. Funzo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Funzo was on there, too. Um, 1999. Pokemon. I did play that, the first one. Yeah. I had red. My brother had blue. I played yellow. It's the same thing. It was just They just knew that Pikachu was the, uh, the star, uh, as it were. Yeah. I'll say that I played yellow on an emulator, so that dorkifies it even more. So you did it when you were, like, 25? I don't think I was. Uh, okay. I played the. Well, I didn't really play it, but I had some of the cards too. I I, I didn't really play it. <laughs> Listen, it was bush league. Considering the eliteness of our Magic the Gathering skills, nerds. <laughs> uh, two thousand Razor Scooter. No, that was no. I do have a story about this, but oh boy, hit it. Um. So two thousand. This was. 15 years old. Michael is wearing Jinkos. <laughs> no, but one time in high school, I didn't have my car for some reason. 
and <laughs> oh, I, I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I live close enough from home that I could walk. But uh-huh. like my my friend had a razor scooter. I'm like, oh, dude, I'll just take the razor scooter home, and which you know is not a bad idea. How quickly was, did you wreck? Well, I didn't wreck. Well, I, actually, I took a while to get used to it, <laughs> and the bumps on the sidewalk were just like the normal grooves of the sidewalk were like breaking my spine with every mm-hmm. you know iteration. But as I was scooting home, I realized, oh, all the people who drive to high school are going to beat me, seeing me do this, <laughs> and I quickly turned off like on off the main I street, started off roading, <laughs> maybe even carrying it at one point because I realized how. Uh, Lego, it looked. Yeah. And that was the only time I've ridden a Razor scooter. It wasn't what I thought. I could have sworn you were going to say, I crashed and like broke my teeth or something like that. <laughs> this is better. It wasn't that brutal. Jeremy, you'll love this one. Bratz. Uh, the only thing I know about Bratz is they did a movie about it, and they uh, they made an episode of How Did This Get Made About It? Yeah. There's a Flophouse episode about it, too. It. I'm assuming it's just some dumb thing oh it's just barbie with exaggerated facial features so barbie <laughs> yeah my, yeah if it could right. if you put barbie through a weirding machine mm-hmm. a weirding machine <laughs> 2002 uh beyblades i don't know what that is i barely know um and i i think i saw these when i worked at target they were like tops like because... tops that you spin around Okay. <laughs> With little cool appendages. Those kids at the turn of the century were all about those tops. <laughs> right. It seems yeah, so yeah. bizarre. 2005, Xbox 360. I, I mean, I got one eventually. Yeah. So still have part it. of the show, Steve had one. He still does. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember we were playing it in his dorm room. We were playing Oblivion. Surprise, surprise. And, yep. Like one of his dorm mates busted in and was like, "Oh, is this a Oblivion on 360? This is so awesome!" And he's telling Steve what to do. He's like, "Go jump up on that table and kick that food around." And Steve does it. He's like, "Oh, this is so next gen. You can kick the food around." <laughs> he got really hyped about it. Do I know this person? Uh, Yonky? No, but I heard of the movie Yonking Tall. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's about all I know. Continue. Okay. 2008 Nintendo Wii. New, didn't have one. You know, I never had Nintendos until after the fact, but this was like the first one that I got with the, like when it came out, around the time it came out. I don't think I've ever gotten a system around the time it came out. I'm, I'm always so far behind on everything, it doesn't matter. I will say, well, that's the way to do it anyway. Oh, but, of course, um, it rocks. There's a reason why I'm only now getting through Metal Gear 5. <laughs> <laughs> the Mario games on the Nintendo Wii are pretty good okay. galaxy galaxy one and two mm-hmm. and the new super mario bros yeah uh, I, I played that with steve a bunch yeah so that's good times mm-hmm. 2009 i have no idea what this is a zuzu pet no clue next one uh 2014 elsa doll because frozen was on everything yeah okay uh flip side of that 2015 bb8 what's its mission michael <laughs> Um, it's an adorable little robot. I haven't seen the new one yet, but I assume it's going to be all adorable and stuff. Do you know what Porgs are? I know that it's like some sort of uh, 
Ewok-esque edition, and yeah. people seem to be divided on them, but... <laughs> I was going to say, if you're a, have you if, taken a stance in the Porg War? No, because if I'm, I'm going to be 34 in a couple of weeks, Michael. If okay. I get bent out of shape about a cartoon character in a Star Wars movie, <laughs> I really need to reevaluate where my life is at. <laughs> 2016, Hatchimals? I'm assuming it's another Tamagotchi. Yeah, this... Uh, yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. So it's uh, you get this giant egg, and you open it, and then at some point it hatches, and this weird alien furby type looking thing. Oh, pops I did, out. I I did hear about these, and it looked dumb. Yeah, and it can learn to say what you say, and I guess it can dance, and maybe it gets out of a shell. I don't so, know. So it's how the NSA keeps track on the kids from an early age. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Okay. Yeah, I heard overheard people talking about this at work, and like the means they went to get it were. Mm, well, pretty disgusting. Like 150 bucks. We'll see, like... Yeah. Just, was, like, yeah. cough up on eBay, and it takes away all of the I have to go murder, like, three people in order to get my hands on a Tickle Me Elmo. Right. Is a, But now you just gotta be willing to pay enough, I right. guess. Which is good and bad, I suppose. Paying money and not blood anymore. Eh, um, eh, eh. Again, 2016, a throwback to something already on the list, the NES Classic Mini. I can't believe they didn't make more of these. Yeah. I really can't. Ridiculous. If I had to guess, I think they're just like, people are going to be tired of this by the time the Super comes out. Yeah, and they switched production over to the Super NES. And so I can say from first-hand experience that they did make a second run of the Supers. Because when I went Black Friday shopping, uh, they had them sitting on a table at Best Buy. And my brother says, do you want one? And I said, yes. <laughs> and uh, so I'll be getting that in, well, I guess yesterday or whenever I see them for Christmas after this airs. But I want to hear your Star Fox 2 review. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. I was a big Star Fox 1 fan. Hopefully the cord is longer than three feet like it is on the NES Classic. Do you have a NES Classic, Michael? Do not, because I have, you know, the NES, so if I really want to. Ah, play. good point. Just play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 2017 is on here. I don't know what this is. Fingerlings. Aren't those potatoes? <laughs> I was going to say, Jeremy, you can now dial the one on that phone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap up the list there. That's all we have. So uh, did you have any of these toys? Did you have a Beyblade? Email in. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you tickle Elmo? Uh yeah, write in. Let us know what your favorite Christmas things were. But, Michael, it's time for the FDR now. Yeah, let's throw this old toy in the trash. Yeah, and... we find a beer, drink a beer, and we rate a beer. Michael, what is beer this week? This week's beer is from Milwaukee Brewing Company. It is OG. OGE? Oren OGE? I read it like Nintendo Wii. OG. A monstrous tea infused wit. Michael, have you, have you had this beer before? No. I have, but it's been like four or five years. Uh, it was, I believe I was at the Logan Square Emporium in Chicago before a riot fest, cursing at a, a tabletop Mrs. Pac-Man machine. And I had <laughs> it, and I remember it being good, but it's it's been a lot. Jesus Christ, is this really that heavy ABV? What is it? I'm, I didn't even see I lo- it. I looked up to see if Whoa. I could... Whoa! Yeah! I looked up to see if I could find any color text, and yeehaw! Okay, uh... All right. 9.2%. Yeah. Michael, continue. Um, Real quick about 
the brewery first time on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we mentioned this before that Mike had it as a beer brag. Mike Brewing, MKE. <laughs> MKE. Um, so they're located in Milwaukee. I've never been there, but maybe I'll have to seek it out sometime. I think you should. Lots of environment ale on their page. So much that I don't even want to go into it about water, fuel, electricity. Good work. Packaging. We approve of it. And they have planned green projects too, so. Oh, uh, Michael, you are correct on the pronunciation. Yes. Go into that flavor text. So created by our brewer, Kurt Mays, OG is a collaboration with Milwaukee's own Rishi Tea, which I didn't know that's where they were from, infusing Asian character to this monster wheat beer. The name is our nod to the brewing abbreviation OG, which defines the potential for alcohol level prior to fermentation. Enjoy this monster fusion of balance and aggression, as in original gravity. I get it. Eh, very clever, mm-hmm, but I like mm-hmm. mine. I like mine better. Uh, Michael, this is part of their Herb in Legend series, like the yes, word herb. Yes, H-E-R-B, yeah. yeah. Uh, which also appears to have a hop freak and a loji, which I assume is a uh, session version of this, but I can't be bothered uh. to look into it. Uh, we've got 90, 9.2%, as Michael said, 24.5 IBUs, Columbus and Saz hops, which is an interesting mm. combo. Mm-hmm. Malts of Pilsner, Wheat, and Oats. I like the can. Yeah, there's like a very cartoon-style Godzilla powering over tower li- power lines. Powering over tower lines? <laughs> yeah, slamming a little beer in his claw. Yeah, and the the honeycomb uh, design. I'm going with my uh, wheat hammer glass in this one, Michael. Oh, nice. what's that? Is that like it's, a, uh... I I've just always heard it referred to the big wheat glasses where it's like a skinny bottom and it flares out at the top as a ah, hammer, a doppelbock okay. glass. I don't know why, but I'm going to open my beer because this is a um, 16 ounce. Are it you using is... the Duval glass, Michael? I'm using the Duval glass because I need plenty of room. So open up the can here. Fool me. Well, good. Duval mm-hmm. will serve me well. Yeah, it's uh, smells pretty wonderful. I've been having a lot of uh, green tea lately, so I'm kind of glad that we're doing this right oh. now. And this is technically a summer beer, but... I think you can... I don't know if you can get it year-round or not, but... It says it's part of their Herb in Legend series, Michael. Yeah, so I don't know if that's um, limited release at a certain time of the year or not. Michael, there's a massive head on this thing. Yeah, I'm st- still waiting for it to go down. Um, I assume that's because of the sugars. One of these days, I'm really going to look into you know the science of this, but until then, I'm going to make yeah, wild I think it has assumptions. To do with protein content too, or something. To I don't know. Create the uh, emulsion necessary. <laughs> I don't know. Smell is kind of muted. A little bit. It's, it's not particularly strong, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, Michael, are you looking through your beer at this moment? Um, I would if I could. Uh, it's like walking in a winter wonderland, Jeremy. There's yeast or some particulate matter. I th- I'm, a, I'm hoping it's yeast. It's flocculated. It is flocculated. Walk a flocculated flame. Yeah. <laughs> there's, an, <laughs> there's an episode title name for you. <laughs> Um, I hope uh, I hope that's yeast. I hope this beer hasn't gone bad, but unless it's some sort of tea. Oh yeah, something. Well, uh, or oat, oat, flaked wheat, perhaps. Let's, well, one of the things, that, yeah, flaked wheat or oats or something. Let's dig into this bad boy, Michael. What do you got? Yeah. All right, here I go. Hefty. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, shows his fangs for a wit. Oh but, wow. Um, that's very pungent. Um, and not in a bad way. 
the the Belgian white definitely comes through. It reminds me an awful lot of a hairier version of John's Generation's White Ale from mm-hmm. uh, nearby Amana Colonies at Millstream Brewing, Ooh. which, if I remember correctly, was one of the several threats I made for our next uh, season of the show. Yeah. So I, I feel like I had a green tea version of this. I don't know. Was there a different version? I don't that... know. I don't know. But, I mean, it's possible that I just assumed it was green tea because that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. this definitely feels like a chamomile. Side note, I also drink a lot of chamomile. <laughs> Maybe it's like a could be a white tea. Could be a white tea. I'm I'm not sure, but uh it feels like there's some honey flavor in there as well. Mm-hmm. That's a really thick beer. Yeah, it is, yeah. I was gonna say it what I like about it, you know, I like wits. Mm-hmm. Me too. Wits, wits. But they tend to be a little they're good, but they just tend to be a little soft sometimes, I guess. Like they're a little too easy to drink, mm-hmm. but this uh kind of doubles down on that, and it yeah it does. It's like a hairy, like you said, a hairy wit. It's nice. I like that. I like it's like amping up the wit. It's, it's like it's, amping up the yeah. ABV, the flavor, the everything about a wit just doubled down. So it, I, I like that. It's like a, a uh, blue moon got into a parking lot brawl over someone who called him a wiener or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I there was something there was, I was going somewhere with that but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's thick. The sweetness yeah, the is flavor. pretty thick. Are yeah. you getting the honey flavor at all? I tell you what, I'm having a little trouble picking up adjunct flavors in this and maybe cuz I'm so thrown off, maybe I got to turn a critical tongue towards some of mm-hmm. those flavors. Um, cuz the first thing that caught me was, you know, that intense whip flavor with an alcohol burn, which is something that slap of the whip experienced. Yeah. But now that I think about it, there's kind of that astringent, in a good way, tea uh-huh. backdrop there. Astringent as in a tea, not astringent as in, like, gin. You're right, yeah. yeah. A little kind of bitterness, gentle bitterness, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Definitely sweeter than I thought. What are your thoughts on the tea flavor? It's pretty subtle, I think. Um, it's Maybe if it warms up, it will become a little stronger. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's pretty subtle, which I like as of right now. I feel like it has that. So, Michael, have you, I'm assuming that you've done the move where you take the tea bag out of the cup of tea and like suck all the liquid out of it. <laughs> I've done that at some point. Okay, yeah. yeah. It tea flavor feels like it leaves a little bit of that bitterness mm-hmm. at the end. Not a bad thing. Like I, I enjoy that flavor. Yeah, that like just intense bolus dose of tea. Sure, whatever you just said. <laughs> um, this is weird. The sweetness, the the sweetness is throwing me off. Yeah, it is a little. It's not quite side. cloying, but this is a lot of beer in a can. Do you feel it maintains its beerosity, Michael? Yeah, I think so. I think that was the first thing I me too noted about it. Yeah, it was the it was more it's more of a wit than anything else. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know we had what like that hibiscus beer. Mm-hmm. Rosa, I think it was called. That's right. And that was more of a... That trotted over more into the herbal tea territory mm-hmm. and didn't have enough beer there. Whereas this, That's I true. think, is... This was the other side of the coin. Playing it safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should we yes. move onward, Michael, to the the R? I have a rating in mind, so I'll go first. I'm still going to take a quick sip of judgment here. Okay. Are you gargling with the beer, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the reasons that I said earlier... Just like nice to have a powerful wit. As it warms up, the tea flavor is coming out a little more, mm-hmm. and actually, it's making it a little more 
again, that astringency is actually starting to turn up a little bit. It's, it's for me. It's as it also warms up. It it's starting to cut the sweetness. Yeah, which is good. So it's certainly a strange beer. I think it's definitely a beer worth trying at least once to see if you like it. Freak show beer. Uh, kind of a freak beer. Yeah, I bet it would be good on tap too. That would be really nice. Yeah, I'll bet that's true. Just get a little bit more of that fizz to it. Yeah, maybe a little fresher mm-hmm. everything. I'm going to give it a four. Dang, Michael. I like it. I think it's good. Is it, a I'm, good freak. I assume it's the uh, it's the wheat aspect of it. Yeah, it's, I, I like the style, and like I said, it amps up that style, so I, I, there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot to complain about for me. So, yeah. But I'm interested to see what you say, Jeremy, because... I'm a little bit more mixed on it than you are. I'm mm-hmm. still trying to sort out these things. Um, I agree with you that this being on tap would probably make it a lot better. The balance is a little off for me. You've got that huge, yeah. that huge just swinging arms around, smacking people around of that heavy wit. But it's also got a surprisingly delicate tea flavor, which is a uh, a good thing. Yeah, that that's a good point. It. There's kind of a juxtaposition there of having what a nine point two nine point two yeah tea. It's not a very you know a delicate flavor like tea, and then this huge ABV. So uh huh. Very good um, point, but I I feel like that that booziness doesn't really jive for a lot. Jibe? Mm-hmm. I never knew that one. Whichever the proper word, I'm gonna go jive because I like that word better. I don't think that those two things you know mix well together. I like the yeast. And I like that big, strong wit flavor because, you, like you say, you don't see those very often, or at least I don't. I want to give it a three point two five. The sweetness is in the the imbalance is throwing me off. Yeah, I think that's very cromulent. Still a good beer, well worth seeking out if you are in the Milwaukee or I suppose the greater Chicago area. Uh, All right, look into it. Let us know what you think because I know at least one uh, listener of the show has had this, potentially uh, yeah. two. Maybe we'll have to uh, either on air or off air have low G and see if that has a little more balance to it. Cousin of the show, grubs of the show, find that for me. Thank you. That's, that's sweet. This is awesome. I hope this works. <laughs> it's probably around my area too. So uh... I like this one better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. So yeah, that's I'll it. I'll do it then. Yeah. I'll take us out really quick. Go for it. Uh, you can get in touch a variety of ways. You can do that at APM Pod on Twitter, facebook.com slash APM Pod, APM Pod at gmail.com. We have a YouTube page. Look up things there. We have an Untapped. If you have that app, look us up, APM Pod there. Thanks to host Emeritus Mike, keeper of the Untapped. Subscribe, rate, do whatever you can to uh, support the show. Yeah, do it. Tell people about it. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah, right in. Yell at us. That's another one down the gullet, much like Santa cramming himself down a chimney. <laughs> Lubing himself up with uh, butter. And castor oil. For bad kids. Yeah. <laughs> Lick your chimney, and you'll find out if you're good or bad. If you taste butter. Good God, Michael. You're good. <laughs> if you taste castor oil, you're a bad Santa. Yeah. Uh, we are not responsible for any problems that may arise from you licking a uh, sooty uh, chimney. So, yeah. Carcinogens. Yeah, uh, yeah. For Jeremy, <laughs> I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. <laughs> this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.